0: Hello, I'm Maureen Conway and I'm a Vice President at the Aspen Institute and the Executive Director of the Aspen Institute's Economic Opportunities Program. At the Aspen Institute's Economic Opportunities Program, our mission is to advance strategies, policies, and ideas to help working people and small businesses thrive. We are particularly focused on ideas to address the systemic inequities that influence access to economic opportunity one's gender, race, or place of residence should not determine whether one has access to a good job or the opportunity to start a small business. We are now in an extraordinary time and the rapid changes in our economic landscape that have accompanied the coronavirus pandemic are having a devastating impact on both low-income workers and on small businesses. In the coming weeks, we'll be following how the crisis unfolds and bringing ideas forward as we develop this virtual Opportunity in America conversation series. As always, we are grateful to the Ford Foundation, Prudential Financial, the Walmart Foundation, the Cerdna Foundation and MasterCard Center for Inclusive Growth for their support of our work. Today, I am really delighted to be joined by Drew Greenblatt, president of Marlin Steel and a passionate believer in the vitality of American manufacturing. Uh, so welcome, Drew. We're really happy to have you. Um, Thanks so much for inviting me. Sure. The, the, the super great thing about talking to Drew, uh, especially in this moment, is that he's just always an inspiration. The business model that uh, Drew Greenblatt has built with Marlon Steele uh, is really an, an exemplar of what our Good Companies, Good Jobs initiative is always looking for. Uh, it's really an example of strategies that simultaneously produce outstanding business outcomes and outstanding outcomes for their frontline workers. Um, and at this time, you know, when we're, you know, we've talked to Drew before and at times when we were concerned that there were so many working people who couldn't make ends meet, we talked to Drew and Drew complains about, I can't find a place to park in my parking lot because all of my employees have bought new cars. Um, so he's always giving us the sort of more optimistic and alternative story. And now in the midst of this pandemic, uh, Marlon Steele is busy. Uh, responding to an urgent need for medical equipment in this pandemic and also keeping its uh, workers safe and productively employed. So that's what we're going to talk about today and um, I Drew really appreciate again you joining us. So uh, just to start, I hope everybody uh, at Marlin Steel is, you know, sort of healthy and, and well um, and that you're all staying safe. Uh, you and I both live in, in Maryland and Governor Hogan has issued a stay at home order for us all. Um, so, uh, and, and in some states with stay at home orders, manufacturing uh, facilities are closed, but yours are open. And I know uh, in working with you that the safety of your workforce has always been a really top concern for you. So, um, so first, before we launch into the uh, exciting story of what you're doing, uh, tell us what you, how you're keeping your workers safe in this moment?
1: Worker safety is job number one, protecting our team. So we've instituted several programs to make sure that we can keep our team virus-free. The first one is uh, everybody is wearing an N95 mask. Secondly, uh, we have a procedure that we're going to sanitize every single station every two hours. Thirdly. We're sanitizing every single door handle in the facility every two hours. Fourth, uh, we're te- testing temperature uh, of the employees mm-hmm. when they come into the facility and also around lunch break. In addition, uh, we uh, any employee that exhibits any kind of sneezing or coughing or losing taste or whatever, uh, we send them home instantly. Um, our our, 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 our procedure is to protect everybody and their families.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. Um, Okay, so let's talk about now what you're, what you're producing, what you're working on. Um, uh, You're, you're in business because Marlin Steel is really meeting a new and urgent need in the time of this pandemic. So, so tell us a little bit about that.
1: So one of the projects we're doing to stop this terrible virus is making test tube racks uh, so that Uh, companies can uh, evaluate whether or not a patient has COVID. So uh, we're making the stainless steel test tube racks. uh, And uh, our first order for this, we received at 6.15 on a Friday night. And we had a team stay late till 10.30 Friday night, developing all the fixtures. And then we had a crew of volunteers come in, an army of them, and they were there at 6 a.m. on Saturday. Worked all day Saturday and then uh, came back in again early 6 a.m. Sunday once again. Mind you all of these people were volunteers and mind you that they had already worked 40 to 60 hours on the Monday to Friday prior. Uh, around 1:30 on Sunday they finished. We loaded it on a truck and drove it to the airport because we had an airplane ready to dash off to the Midwest to drop this off and it blew us away, the, uh, the airline canceled the flight. Uh, so we called an audible, uh, enlisted two fellows, and they drove uh, all night long to uh, a Midwest, 1,100 miles away in the Midwest. And uh, they were there um, uh, before the facility opened at 9 a.m. Uh, in the Midwest, 1,100 miles away. So this is the kind of activities that my team is doing. They're, I'm so grateful to them Uh, you know, putting their all into this and and coming up with innovative ways. Uh, Two days later, we got a reorder for that project. Uh, We're working on a number of other projects uh, to help stop the spread of COVID.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That's amazing uh, how your employees really just kind of put their all into it. Um, Yeah, it's really extraordinary. Uh, Can you just add, so we'll just, we'll come back to that in a minute, but let's back up for a second. And can you give us a little bit of an overview of your company and just tell us sort of how many people do work there and, um, you know, how many of them are production workers, what kinds of things you were putting together before the pandemic struck, you know, just give us a little bit of the overview.
1: Sure. So we're, we're 40 employees, uh, about half in the factory and half in the office, maybe maybe two thirds in the factory, a third in the office ballpark. Um, The uh, office workers are all teleworking. The factory workers are all at the factory. We make things like medical racks, pharmaceutical racks, carts, baskets, things to autoclave, sanitize, clean, wash. We also make automotive baskets. These are baskets that hold parts that go down a production line. We don't actually make the part, but we make the basket that holds the part. we also make uh, all kinds of racks for aerospace uh, and uh, food processing. So these are all markets that are very good to us. We sell to large industrial S&P 100, S&P 500 companies that need high quality, high precision, 20% of our employees are degreed engineers. So we're uh, coming up with all these novel innovations. Uh, we have uh, seven patents, uh, three uh, are recent, four recent rather. Uh, so. Uh, we're just brimming with good ideas, and that's how we separate ourselves from the competition.
0: Mm-hmm. Great, and also, you know, I, I I didn't put this in there, but um, it tell us a little bit. I mean, you're in Baltimore, and um, just tell us a little bit about your workforce. It's a, a pretty diverse workforce when I visited, at least. Um, so some are degreed engineers, but some a lot aren't.
1: Exactly. So uh, um, we're in uh the inner city of baltimore we're in a challenging neighborhood uh, a neighborhood that desperately needs more manufacturing because we amazing middle-class jobs everybody in our facility has the same health insurance plan i have Uh, my kids and their kids uh have the same access to doctor and medical care um you know that middle class is going to be created through robust growing manufacturing um our employees are all locals uh, um, you know, hired from the local community, uh, and they are critical to our success and they're, uh, doing an amazing job. Um, we had a huge year of growth and, uh, the first quarter was very strong and, and this is because we have amazing talent and they're so innovative and they come up with great ideas and they make great quality. Uh, we ship to 40 countries out of Baltimore city and we only use American steel.
0: Yeah. Great. Wonderful. Um, so you and you adopted high road employer practices, sort of from early on in your in your work at Marlin Steel. And can you just share a few examples of sort of what these practices are and and how that um, impacts the business and your employees?
1: Well, we invest a tremendous amount of money in training and education. Mm-hmm. Uh, about five percent of our budget, sometimes years, many years, it's more. We spend. Uh, Educating our talent so that they can perform better. Uh, so they're more useful. So they're more indispensable um, You know a, a well-trained employee is going to figure out ways to have less scrap uh, have less uh, waste uh, 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 They'll make sure that the machines run in an optimal fashion so that the um, uh, We get more parts per hour uh, And the quality will be better. So uh, we're heavily uh, investing in our team flying them to Michigan for robot school, flying them to Connecticut for laser school, uh, flying them to uh, Cleveland for uh, software programming school. Uh, and, and this is all designed so that they can contribute more. Oh, and by the way, we pay them more. So win-win for everybody. And our clients get faster shipments and our clients get better quality.
0: Yeah. Great, um, and talk a little bit about, you know, some of the, the ways in which you pay them more. I, one of the things I thought was really interesting was the sort of way you do profit sharing um, and, and how that all, all works and uh, uh, keeps, you know, kind of keeps everybody feeling like indeed they are all in it together in terms of the work of Marlin's deal. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely, so we uh, have a target for how many dollars uh, our team needs to ship in a two-week period of time. We keep it very compressed period of time with the mindset that uh, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. So by uh, making uh, the carrot uh, very frequent, uh, we offer a very large bonus uh, every two weeks. And uh, if we hit our targets, uh, the teammates get cash every two weeks. And these checks are substantive and they're meaningful. And this is very motivational to our team. So they have skin in the game and they act like entrepreneurs rather than blue collar workers at a factory. Uh, Everybody's very uh, motivated to identify ways to improve the throughput, improve the quality so that uh, they have a better chance of hitting their uh, cash target. Yeah, great. Um
0: so the nation overall, and manufacturing in particular, are confronted by the dual threat of pandemic and a, and a sharp economic downturn. Um, so does a high road employer like uh, Marlin Steel, does it respond differently to this kind of a situation? For example, you know, how does the, the cross training and the way uh, the particular company culture you've uh, built, how does that change how you respond in this time?
1: Cross-training is even more important when you have challenging crises like that, because God forbid one of my teammates becomes sick or their spouse becomes sick and they have to become a caregiver or their child becomes sick, they become a caregiver again. Uh, uh, This cross-training enables us to pivot and have one of our talented people in its separate cell migrate over and keep the company flourishing and prospering so that the whole uh, factory doesn't stop. We have a vendor in New York uh, mm-hmm. that, had, uh, that makes essential products for the medical and pharmaceutical world because they had so many people get sick and because they were not properly cross-trained, they had to shut down their facility. So mm-hmm. uh, all their clients are not getting critical medical components um, and uh, it's really impacting the supply chain. Um, now, it, it, back to Marlin, our, our strategy has been for over you know, decades now To have no, uh, we're going to have every single person cross trained in multiple scenarios and areas so that uh, everybody's nimble. Everybody's adaptable. Everybody can pivot quickly uh, with, you know, having to refer to any manuals. They know what they're going to do and they can jump right in. Because of that, uh, we're less likely uh, to have drama. And uh, because of that, our clients are going to be treated better. And because of that, everybody's going to be able to have a prosperous future.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. And let's go back to that sort of story you started out with in terms of how you respond. I mean, that is a quick pivot, to be able to have everybody volunteering, even after working a full week, um, and or even more than a full week, to, to come in and do that kind of work and, and get something done in such a tight timeline. Um, do you do you attribute that to your to your size, to sort of how you've laid out your production system, to your culture, um, and you know how do you see um, being able to kind of sustain? Every, I mean, this is a tough time for everybody in a lot of ways. So, so how do you see your culture also sustaining people through these this crisis time?
1: Well, oh, uh, being nimble and being quick uh, is critical to our success. Uh, and we have to adjust, uh, otherwise we're going we're to be extinct. Uh, companies that are not pivoting quickly now, uh, like in 2008, like in Y2K, like after 9-11, uh, you know, these are companies that have been through a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I believe many management teams uh, that are survivors uh, uh, really value their employees, train them. Uh, uh, and and explain the mission, explain what's going on, be very forthright in uh, dialogue with our clients. Mm -hmm. And and that kind of culture, uh, I think, will uh, survive. And, you know, our nation is doing a self-induced coma right now. I mean, it's it's happening. You know, we're closing down the world to stop this virus. It makes a lot of sense, but you still need factories operating, essential factories operating, so we can beat this virus. American factories, Mm -hmm. This virus, um, but it's going to be companies like Marlin that are nimble and adaptable that can all of a sudden make things we've never made before. We're starting to make shields now for the nurses and the doctors, and these shields are going to protect them from getting the virus. Uh, there's a tremendous personal protection equipment shortage going on right now, uh, and and to stop, in, you know, and our systems, our infectious disease control systems, will uh, stop. It and we, we're selling it, and it's uh, going to help a lot of nurses and a lot of doctors, and we're very excited about that. This is the kind of nimble, adaptable. We didn't make these two weeks ago, right? But now right. we're doing that. All hands on deck. we got to beat this virus.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Drew, thank you so much. I mean, I think your um, leadership and vision and the way you invest in your team and, and have everybody really well positioned to contribute and inspired to do so, um, it's it's really quite remarkable, and we really are grateful for your leadership. so thank you so much for sharing your story with us today um, and uh, I just in closing also want to thank my colleagues at the Aspen Institute who support our work, the development and production of our of our sessions here. Um, we, we also have a great team here at the Aspen Institute, so um, we're, we're glad to, to have wonderful colleagues and I in particular want to give a shout out to my colleagues Mark Popovich and Tony Mastria for their help today. Um, and I want to thank our audience. Uh, thank you all for your interest and engagement on the ideas to expand opportunity in America, ideas to address the divides of race, gender, geography and more that are weakening our economy and society. And to uh, engage in actions that can build an economy that truly works for all. Um, As always, we are interested in your feedback. You can tweet at us, use our hashtag talkopportunity, or you can send us an email at eop at aspeninstitute.org. We really look forward to hearing from you. Uh, And we hope you'll join us again. Please check out our website, as.pn slash opportunityinamerica for details on upcoming events as well as uh, recordings of past sessions. Thank you again for joining us.